Hello there and welcome to the slightly delayed Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Adam White and Samuel Rook. We are going to dive straight into things because we are recording a little bit later than planned. But do remember, for all of your latest news in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. Let's get into it then. The, the start this week will be obviously with a result that's just gone as we are recording the extra time victory for Marseille against Salzburg. They were 2-0 down after full time in Austria, but a goal from Rolando has sealed things with about five minutes to go in extra time. Um, and controversial circumstances to say the least. The corner was given as well after a huge deflection off Campos, who is obviously a Marseille player, and that has seen them through. And Adam, it was a sticky one the first half. They controlled the game relatively well, but then in the second half, they allowed the, the Salzburg machine to start rolling, and it felt like they might let it slip through the fingers. But eventually, in very fortuitous circumstances, uh, they've nicked one tonight. Yeah, they have. They've definitely got away with one, haven't they? It really felt like in the second half. Well, actually, I think the first half was a much, very much an extension of the first leg. In that Marseille looked like the more experienced team. They they controlled the game. You felt like they were in. They were in control of the game as well. That they they weren't going to be under too much too much pressure. Um, and you know, Salzburg are a very good side. And Xavier Schlager in particular, in particular, is a player I really like. But it they they. They didn't look like they had too many answers to, to what is a very experienced Marseille team. But then obviously in the second half, um, that's what it kind of snowballed. What was a very unusually full Red, Red Bull Arena in Salzburg isn't is normally much, you know, pretty empty. Um, really got behind Salzburg and you felt like it was sort of a, a bit of a steam train. And, and you know, that Haidara's goal was fantastic. And and it just felt like they just had momentum and there was very little Marseille could do about it. They were poor in the second half as well. That control kind of fell away. You know, mistakes were made. There was a little bit, they were a little bit rushed. And um, they really did get away with one. It could have been, it could have been 3-0 in normal time. And it, they, they're very lucky to even make it to extra time. And as you mentioned, uh, Rolando, I think uh, obviously the corner giving you know, the, the award of the corner is very controversial in itself. But um, Marseille get another stroke of luck in that. I think Rolando completely miskicks his his shot uh, from you know obviously on the volley from the, from the corner, and it sort of sneaks in. So uh, before at halftime, I felt Marseille were you know go looking ahead to the final. You felt like they were there, and you felt like it was it was a, it was going to be a that would be a positive experience them now you feel like they can be put under pressure obviously it's only 45 minutes and that's a very small window to which to judge a team and i wouldn't you know uh, say that the, everything's changed too much but it does feel like that their their resolve that's been so strong in europe so far this season is weakening a little yeah i'm gonna give rolando the benefit of the doubt of being a nice <laughs> he, he, he gets a few goals but it just put it right in the corner so I, i'll i'll mm. give him this one at least anyway but um in all honesty sam over the two legs they 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 were ex excellent at home at times they controlled the game very well and for the first half it seemed like rudy garcia's plan was working they were controlling their opponents Salzburg didn't really have a great opportunity of note really and but at the same time Marseille didn't create much at all they only had the one shot on target in in regular time and obviously the goal in added time and at the same time it feels like that it's a little bit of a grab that it, it felt like the game plan was working so we'll focus on tonight to start off with it it felt like the game plan was working for that first half but like like Adam was saying they just allowed it to slip and 
you argue with some of the, maybe some of the changes he decided to, well, some of the decisions he made, he brought off uh, Lopez after the first goal and brought on Zambo and Guisa. Would it have been a better decision to start the Cameroonian midfield who does have more of that combative presence and the ability to sort of stop play if they wanted to play in that defensive manner throughout the 90 minutes? Yeah, I mean, so the way they chose to play the game was a strange one, I think, because as we saw, the lead was was rather fragile. Um, choosing to play a sort of controlling, uh, not necessarily defensive, but not particularly offensive style, but also to use Maxime Lopez seems to be pulling you in two different directions. If you if you want to play sort of incisive movement, attacking, that's Maxime Lopez's game. If you want to control the game and you want to have a bit of security, then then you start with Zambo and Gisa. So it seems like maybe they kind of fell into the style that they played the first half rather than maybe that was deliberate because the personnel and, and that style really don't match up. Um, but I do, I think at the same time, it was just not, it was not the right way to go about playing this game because as they showed in the first leg, Salzburg could be got at, you know, they got their two goals in the first leg because they, they played on the foot foot and, and yes, you, you don't have Matroglu tonight. And so that's, that's, you can't play the exact same way, but Marseille really got out of jail here and, and it was a problem of their own making. They, they were good enough to beat Salzburg as they showed in the first leg and for, for a good portion of tonight, they, they really went about trying to undo all that good work. And that, that was the funny thing. It felt like, that, uh, as it showed in extra time, the goal mattered enormously because it made the task that much harder for the Austrians. Uh, and credit to them, I thought they were terrific tonight. I thought Haidara especially was uh, sensational. There's going to be a lot of clubs looking at him, but um, I think so I think Mo might have mentioned it on Twitter that, that really probably the likelihood is Leipzig might even have a look at him as an ideal replacement for, for Naby Keita. But they, they were really tremendous. And... and Vert's focus really on the the future really now of this this now because they're in the Europa League final, Adam, and it does present an interesting scenario that uh, we've noted, we've mentioned a couple of times recently. But it comes more into like now they are um, even close to finishing second. But if they do finish third, Marseille this season, let's say behind um, a current second place side, Leon, that presents a scenario where if they do finish third. They're guaranteed Champions League group stage football, no matter the result of the Europa League final, which is, in all honesty, a massive result for this Champions project that they're looking for and, and a mm. real boost, not only financially, but also the potential to attract better players to make themselves a much more significant force within not just French football, but hopefully a contender in European football to come should they uh, be able to uh, build on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's difficult to underestimate how important making the Champions League group stages would be for, for the Champions Project and, and Marseille and their sort of current guys. You feel like it's been going on a few years now and, and they've been slowly building and they they this this season, this Europa League run, you know, they're in the final. That's still a very, a very positive step for the Champions Project. But um, they, they're a club that, you know, would argue and I would probably agree that despite PSG's, you know, dominance recently are traditionally the biggest in France and they're a club that see themselves in the Champions League every season. Um, so it's going to be very difficult to know or to sort of understand or sort of, you know, work out how they're going to they're going to manage the rest of the season or how, how Garcia might approach the rest of the season with the top race for the top two, top three being so tight, you know, Monaco being dragged back in um, and and obviously with the Europa League final to come, you know, there's that'd be just midweek. 
there's sort of there's sort of this balancing act to be had um and making a Champions League at the end of the day is the number one priority and second would be huge to be straight in the group stages you know and equally the winning Europa League would be preferable because you know they win the European uh, European trophy and they they obviously make it into group stages for next season which means over transfer window they can they can as you can say they can attract far better players um and perhaps more uh, sort of provides more resources as well for, for those transfer of those players what I ho hopefully would like to see is Marseille to finish fourth and win the Europa League because that that would get them into the group stages of the uh, of the Champions League, and hopefully, if Monaco or Lyon finish third, then they could negotiate the qualifiers. We might even end up with four French teams in the in the group stage, which would be, which would be great to see next season, and uh, a lot for us to do on the preview show next season. But but it'd be it'd be fantastic for French football, and I think this Mar this Marseille run underlines the strength of French football and Ligue 1 in particular. So hopefully, they can trouble Atletico in the final. It'll be tough, but. Um, it's it's a big sort of caveat or big sort of a fill-up is probably the word that you should use for Marseille themselves and for the league. And focusing on that final really now, so they obviously are facing Atletico Madrid who won in the other semi-final this evening against Arsenal. It's a tough ask against a very experienced team, not just um, obviously domestically, but European-wise, they've been in several 70 finals and even Champions League finals recently. But at the same time, They've not been successful, although they have been successful in this competition previously. But it's it's long enough to sort of uh, mention that very more, much more briefly, at least anyway. But at the same time, this was the team that everyone wanted to avoid until the final. But in a one-off game, you never really know. But this is really a tall order. Even in Lyon, with that support they might be able to get with it, obviously being in France, this is going to be a real... Um, they're going to have to save a lot of energy, I suppose, and, and rest a couple of players in these next couple of games to uh, to really fight what is a, a real well-oiled machine in uh, Diego Simeone's side. I mean, that's the thing. From the minute Atletico Madrid were secu were officially third in their Champions League group, we knew they were going to be in the Europa League. You knew this was the team you didn't want to face because they were obviously the best team on paper. Um, unlike some of the other supposedly best teams on paper in the competition, Atletico Madrid have taken it seriously. They've played well. They've ground out a result against Arsenal, being down to ten men away from home. That was that was very very impressive. And then they've gone and beat them at home tonight. They're the best team in the competition. The thing about that though is there's very little pressure on Marseille. Marseille will have the vast majority of the support in that stadium. They are to an extent playing it at home, and they're playing under absolutely no pressure because everyone is going to expect Atletico to win. And the thing about Atletico Madrid in in history in big European finals, it doesn't tend to go their way. Things tend to just go against them. And, you know, whether we believe or not any of that, it's probably something nice for Marseille to be able to think about. At least they know Atletico Madrid, even when they're the better team in a European final, tend to find a way to lose. But this is a hugely difficult game for Marseille. They, they will have to, to rest players. They will have to desperately hope to get uh, Matroglu back, possibly. Um, some of the other senior players who are a bit off-colour tonight will want to maybe spend the next couple of weeks trying to get back into to top form because it's going to be a hugely difficult game. But the good thing is they aren't favourites and they're not expected to win it. Mm, yeah, facing a, a side with... Uh, what many people will obviously in Lyon be supporting because not only is are they facing Marseille, but they also have one of their own sons, Antoine Griezmann, who has not won a major trophy yet. Um, what an opportunity for him as well if uh, if they can try and come up. But it's going to be a terrific game and we'll all look forward to that. And congratulations to, to Marseille and their fans this evening. They'll uh, very be much 
looking forward to that Europa League final when it does come around in a, a few weeks' time. Um, focusing back on league earn matters now, at least anyway, and there's a few interesting games mostly around the bottom of the table and a couple um, towards the European places as well. And we'll start with one that sort of flits with both, really, and that's Lyon versus Twy. It's a tough game for both sides, really, in essence, because they both are fighting for different things. And Adam, we'll start with Lyon, who've won their last six games in a row where we wrote them off a long while ago, and now they are back into second after results went their way at the weekend. They're in terrific form. Memphis Depay scoring and assisting in every single game, it seems like at the moment. They have everyone back fit and fighting. Their attacking quartet is now sharing a little bit more than they have done in the past, but they are on a real roll and will be tough to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they've been absolutely superb in, in, in recent weeks. And it's it's really quite something to say that they're, you know, they're, back, they're now back second. Um, since that PSG win where they, they won in the last minute, that Depay goal, they, they trailed off and they were so far adrift that they, when they went to the Velodrome before the latest international break, you know, it was sort of trying to save their season sort of situation and that uh, anything less than a win, you know, they would have no chance of top three. They would be sort of, I think they would have, I think they were five points adrift going into that game and would have been eight. Um, but to, to say that they're now second really shows how, what an upturn they've experienced since that game. And I think credit to Genesio. I think he's kind of stumbled across a few ideas um, with his team, but he's, he's made it work. They're a lot more competitive. They're a lot more, there's a lot more intensity to their play. And, and particularly, I think Memphis Depay deserves a huge amount of, of credit. Um, although he's he's been effective this season, you know, he, even up to that Marseille game where he scored the winner there, he, he was in double figures for goals, even though not necessarily being first choice. Um, he, he He's managed to find out of nowhere some consistency, which obviously the opposite would be sort of a characterization of his, his season uh, up until that point. And he's scored... In each of the last, I think it's each last six games, which, as you mentioned, they've all, they've won all of those, and I think he's been in, directly involved in thirteen of the last eighteen goals, either scoring or or assisting, assisting, um, and he's just been unplayable. It's been brilliant, and I think the the the, the decision to to move him into a central forward position where he played with with uh, Holland uh, over the international break. And, you know, Mariano was injured for a game, suspended for a game since then. And he's sort of taken his role and, and ran with it, really. And it just seems to suit his his sort of outlook on the way he plays. Um, out wide, you know, he's expected to sort of cover for his fullback a little bit. And he's even admitted, you know, he doesn't like doing that, which isn't really the biggest, biggest surprise to anyone. But to give him more attacking responsibility and say, you know, effectively, I don't know if Jesse would have said this to him in person, but it, it, it kind of says, you know, you're the man we are relying on to score goals. You're the man who needs to, to provide um, a lot of the creative creativity and he, he really flourishes in that because he's a confident obviously a very confident guy and and he's been brilliant and, and not last week he was absolutely fantastic especially in sort of the first hour or so um another goal another assist two no win and keeps this up um you know he, leon might even struggle to hold on to him at the end in the summer which is a ridiculous situation given some of the anonymous space he's given at times this season so Huge credit to him and 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 huge credit to to Genesio. Um, Leon look good again, and they could be keep their side together. They could be extremely dangerous next season. Yeah, absolutely. They've been really terrific in the last couple of weeks, and uh, like you say, they they find a, a formula finally for for Memphis to buy. And while it's maybe been at the sacrifice of Mariano Diaz in the last couple of weeks. If it's working, don't, don't try and change things again. And they face a side in Trois who are fighting for their lives. And finally, Sam, they got the victory that they really needed to try and um, push on now because they do have some difficult games left and that's the worry for them. But at the same time, in recent weeks, although they have been 
obviously defeats to Marseille and Saint-Étienne. They were in front in those games, both of them, and were competitive. So with that result against Conway, they got a good, strong victory finally under their belts and confidence maybe uplifted by that feeling that they can win these county games. They're going to have to go for this one because of obviously the games happening elsewhere and possibly putting um, some issues with them, at least anyway, if they were to lose. So is this sort of, well, it's one of those games, isn't it, where they're going to have to go for it because at the same time, next couple of games, Montpellier, that's going to be tough. They've got Monaco on the final day of the season. That's also tough because they might also be still fighting for their Champions League lives. They need to still go for this one and win some points. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We're at this point of the season now where you just can't afford to to not throw everything at games. I mean, no one's expecting Troyes to win this game. I mean, obviously on form, you know, it's it's top versus bottom. On home form versus away form, it's top versus bottom. On, on attack versus attack, it's top versus bottom. So none of the numbers are in Troyes' favour, but they desperately need to get something out of this game because the results going on elsewhere, as you've mentioned, could could cut them adrift. That's you know this could be the end of their uh, their fight really this weekend. I mean they won't be officially they certainly won't be relegated, and they won't even be stuck in the playoff officially. But they could be they could be all but in the playoff after this weekend. And you don't expect them to win this game, but they they really need to just throw everything at Leon and and to try and catch them on an off day. Leon have thrown up some bizarrely bad performances on a few occasions this season. You know, that's what they have to hope for. Yeah, absolutely. It's good for Trois to finally really find their shooting boots more than anything. They've scored in the last three games and they've scored um, a total of six over that span, which is it's a nice boost for them, given that that's a lot of issues for those a lot of teams down there. Obviously, they're still conceding, but scoring goals will at least give them some kind of herbs, especially when Benjamin, Benjamin Neve is grabbing them again, as well as... Uh, um, Hyun uh, Suk uh, scored the excellent goal as well at the weekend off the bench but it's going to be a big game for both sides an interesting one but what's your prediction Adam? Um, I, although you know Twa won last week and I, I watched the game with Conlon and they were better I still think Leon comfortably 4-1 Leon Adam? Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more narrow than that I'll call it 2-0 Leon yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit closer, at least anyway, just because Troyes are so desperate. But uh, I think it might be nicked with an extra goal at the end that were caught on the counter when they're really pushing to try and get back themselves back into the game. I'm going to go 3-1 um, to Leon in this one because it's going to be a, a big game for both of them at both ends of the table. And it, it makes them worried because there's another interesting game involving a side in the bottom of the table, and that's Ren, um, who are chasing for Europe, and Strasbourg, who are slowly sinking back into it over the last couple of weeks. Um, Adam, it's, it's been, a, like we said, a funny ride for them over the last sort of 10 or 11 games. They've been slowly but surely sliding from around about 12th, 10th position back in, in early January, where we thought well, maybe they're, they're going to be comfortably safe. And slowly since then, it's only been the one win against Trois. They've slowly gradually even went down as far as 17th on uh, last week but the point against Nice helped them lift a little bit further but at the same time they're only three points above Troyes and Lille and only a point above Toulouse who are, are looking behind their shoulders with those interesting games and the one that will come up to next which is absolutely massive but um, they're slowly sleepwalking into a battle against relic- well, a, a real 
tough battle against relegation if other results go against them and against the Ren side that are fighting for Europe themselves and games against Leon are not to come up, uh, they were in real trouble. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, we sort of said that we might. We said on previous pods, as you mentioned, you know, they're slipping and they might try and time their slip perfectly because nobody below them really wants to overtake them. But so sort of last week, the results really went against Strasbourg with Trois and Lille both winning. So now they're only sort of they're only three points off the playoff and three points off nineteenth. Lille in nineteenth on thirty-two points to Strasbourg on on thirty-five. And you know, Toulouse have been a little bit better of late. You know, they beat Angers, a big win for them. Um, so <laughs> Strasbourg are kind of the only ones in the bottom five, which you kind of think that's those are the guys who are going to be battling against relegation. Can look okay now-ish, thirty-seven points. Strasbourg are any <clears throat> any team of of those bottom five without much form, and uh, form obviously being a very sort of loose use of the word word form. But um, when you look at Strasbourg's record, they if the last what nearly sort of twelve games. They've only drawn well, eleven games. They've only they've they haven't won in any of those, and they've only they've drawn five. So only five points from the previous eleven games. It's it really does show that they're they've got absolutely no momentum, um, and they're a team that have a very small squad and they're struggling with Azantes. You know, Lala, Martin Terrier, uh, Decosta has been out as well. They're very difficult to cover for those and. I really fear for them as well. We said on the pod a number of times that we really like them as a team and they're a really, you know, they're a fun club and they're a, a good a good asset to the league in terms of support. But yeah, it's going to be very difficult to 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 avert this slide and they're going to need to pick up points in one of those final few games. You know, a home to Ren, very difficult away, sorry, to Ren, as you said, very difficult. A home to Leon, very difficult. They might have to try and get something against <clears throat> against Nantes, who probably won't be in fighting for anything on the final day away from home. You know, I, they may even have to win that game to avoid finishing in the bottom three. So, very, very tough end to the season. And to, to, if, you, but then from Strasbourg's point of view, as much as we like them, if they go the final fourteen games without winning, they kind of deserve to get to get relegated, don't they? Unfortunately, but still, still a long way to go. Well, still, still three games, still lots of points to play for. Uh, but it's looking a little bit bleak for them. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's a tough game. But at the same time, uh, Sam as. as- very much Rich Allen, our very own Rich Allen would mention about Ren. Ren tend to redden things up and they have sort of had some uh, anomaly results this season. That, for example, a couple of weeks ago against Mets, but obviously they managed to steal victory from the jaws of defeat against Toulouse last weekend to keep themselves in the race for those Euro League places. They're currently in sixth, but they're only a point away from Saint-Etienne above them. Only goal difference separates them from, from Nice below them. It looks like it will be a straight fight between those three now. And this, for them, given the games they have left, really, which are against Paris Saint-Germain the weekend after, which is not ideal, even though PSG are, are obviously already champions, and then against Montpellier, who are a very stubborn side in their own right. This feels like, for their Europa League chances as well, like a, they're only relatively comfortable one that they should be winning but at the same time because Strasbourg are down there and know that three points will be invaluable to them and Ren having a habit of maybe falling asleep against these kind of teams uh, even at home um, this isn't exactly a, a walk in the park for them No it's not I mean stylistically it doesn't it doesn't match up too well for Ren. Ren, like someone who'll sort of come out and play against them and maybe give them chances to to break against them rather than Someone who's going to ask them to to do the to make the play. Uh, Ren have shown sort of again and again that they'll they'll match it with better teams and and you know as you say sort of fall asleep against the the lesser lights of the division and and that's sort of exactly what I can sort of see happening in this game. I think Ren will have lots of the ball. They'll they'll do lots of 
pretty things with it, but they probably just I just can't see this being anything but a draw. I just it just seems like exactly what what both teams will accept, and and neither team is is really capable of taking control of a game like this. Um, I think Ren will will look better against PSG than they will against Strasbourg. And that's the funny thing, really, about this Ren side. Again, even in that game against Toulouse, they went behind with an own goal. They got themselves back in front just after half time, and then. Uh, James Leia Saliki got himself sent off, even though he was playing quite well. And then even Alban Lafont almost managed to grab a goal right at the end. But uh, let's get some predictions on this one as well. Sam, what do you think? I think this is going to be a 1-1 draw. Adam? Yeah, I like that. I think one each as well. I have a sneaky suspicion that, that Strasbourg will nick this one, and that might just be about enough, um, given the games that are happening around them, that I, I think they'll nick this one a 1-0, and uh, Ren will ren it up and uh, maybe start throwing away their Europa League chances so other results uh, go against them. But the real big <laughs> game this weekend is between uh, seven, well, 17th place Toulouse and 19th place Lille. There's only two points separating the two of them, but um, with the games they have left, this feels like absolutely enormous for both of them and for starters it was an absolutely enormous result for Lille last weekend Adam we mentioned that it felt like do or die against Mets especially because if the away side were to be victorious it would propel them forward and, and Lille maybe condemn them definite to relegation um, at that point but instead They've beat them, pretty much sent Mets into League 2 and um, given them a real chance of maybe clawing things out because the fate is in their own hands. Because if they get a win here, they climb above Toulouse, they climb above Trois, depending on their result and goal difference, obviously, so they may still be below them. But it gives them a real shot of um, escaping um, that automatic relegation place with Dijon to come as well, who have nothing to play for and, and Saint-Étienne uh, on the final day. They've given themselves a real chance and it felt like... So, because they didn't win since Jan- late January, that um, they'd lost all hope until that victory last week. Yeah, it did. It, 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 they, they have, they may have just got away with one. We talked about Marseille hugely getting away with a uh, with a victory or progression to the final tonight. Um, if Lille survive this season, it is it is they have really have got away with one because they've been terrible for a long time. Whether whether it was Bielsa or Gautier. You know, it, they they've looked like a relegation team for the whole pretty much the whole season. And when they got that ban saying that they you know they wouldn't have any home fans uh, for the remainder of the season after the, after the, you know the unpleasant scenes previously, um, it just seemed like everything was going against them. They've got no experience. Um, it just felt like a bit of a black hole. And and the win against Mets was was actually a surprise given that Mets have looked much better in recent weeks we felt like they're gonna you and i were talking on the pod previously that we kind of felt like they could pull off that escape and it looked like a game that was made for mets to go and as he did against ren to go and win and great performance out of nowhere well much better improved performance anyway from Lille. um you know nicola pepe's been looked a little bit better in recent weeks araujo getting on the score sheets is, is really good he, he he looked promising at the start of the year but really disappeared over the winter it's good to see him getting involved, and Basuma's been been um, solid for, for most of the campaign. He's scoring at the end, and he, he's you know he's an, an interesting player that perhaps might not stay at Lille over the summer. Um, so I think it, you're just kind of waiting for this to happen a little bit, though. Even though Lille looks so desperate, it was just, you just felt like with one win, one win, and they, and it would change their entire season. And, and this win probably has, and you know goes to lose this weekend. 
continue that momentum. And, and as you said, a win here, again, is just as big. And move above to lose, to lose in trouble. Twilight, I don't think they're going to get too much from Leon. They're suddenly out of the relegation zone. And with Strasbourg struggling as well, Leo could Leo could somehow stay up this season, which which given their financial situation and how terribly it's gone for them this year would be a bit of a win, really, given given what it looked like was going to happen. So um huge game for them and to lose this week. And uh, a win could really could really sort of oh, not alter their season, but define their season. So um an important one for both sides. Yeah, because it's very important to, to lose as well, Sam, because a victory for them puts them on 37 points, which feels just around about safety now with the, with Angers on 38 looking, feeling like they're probably safe given the, the games that teams have left and the amount of games that are left at this stage of the season. And in fact, could it really boost to lose given that if other results happen, that they could practically be mathematically safe with this kind of victory. So it puts them on them to to get a win here because a couple of weeks ago when they still had that game in hand, when they got that victory against Angers that put them to 16th, you felt like that Le Violet would finally have that momentum to give them a little bit of a boost. They got the draw against Khan, which was disappointing really in the end. But at the same time, at that time when they got that point, it felt like that might just be enough to leave it to a fight for those three. But the results going against them at the weekend with Twan Lille both winning and then them even being front against Ren and then allowing it to slip through their fingers. Um, it feels like um, it's slowly going against them. At the same time, this really will define the season, but the hope will be is if they can maybe even sneak a draw in this one rather than victory games against Bordeaux and Gangomp to come up, even though they've got nothing to play for. They're both in form. So it's not really ideal scenario even after that. Um, at the same time, this game at the weekend is pivotal for them because if they can win, it practically puts Lille in a, in a very precarious position and boosts to lose to the point where at least they can look at maybe only falling into the uh, relegation playoff. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's not it's not do or die. Um, they don't need to win, but if they do win, it's huge. I mean, you know, I think you sort of mentioned it's if they win this, they're kind of safe. Not exactly, not mathematically, obviously, but kind of safe. And for this Toulouse team, for the trouble they've been in through most of the season, kind of safe is a pretty good place to be. With the games coming up then, you probably need maybe one point from those two to, to sort of ensure safety. And yeah, given given how much trouble Toulouse were in earlier in the season, you, you have to be happy with that. This is the perfect opportunity. And obviously, this is what you would want if you're in this situation, an opportunity to, to play against a team that's down there with you and to put them in the mire and get yourself out of it. Lille, um, they're not a good team. They're, they're this far down for good reason. And, and Toulouse aren't great either, but they're certainly good enough to win this game. And it would just be a huge result for them. It would all but save them and it would all but consign Lille to, to relegation or at least the relegation playoff. Uh, just a massive, massive game. Yeah, and it's perpetuated by the news that came out earlier this week and we reported it on our on our website from, from French media outlets that Max Alain Gradel had his Rolex stolen um, in the Toulouse dressing room during this week. And he, he does um, pin the blame on at least someone in that dressing room having the issue. What a difference between that and, and two years ago when we saw the, the Duprat uh, famous sort of rally speech that in the moment they seem fractured and possibly because of that, whether that will be a motivating factor in it or not. Um, it sort of 
might weigh on some minds and that's why I think that with momentum on their side with that in the back of the minds of their opponents I think Lille are going to nick this one and make it a real fight between those uh, three teams that are left in the uh, in those places 17th 18th and 19th drop to lose in and uh, make them a little bit desperate against teams that don't have anything to play for but like I mentioned are in form which will really worry them at least but I'm going for a 2-1 win for Lille what do you think Adam? Um Toulouse uh, at home, slightly better. I think one all. Sam? Uh, I think a draw as well. Um, I'm going to say goalless. I think that's the game to watch this weekend, though, because by gun, both teams need to get something from that game, especially Lille. Um, it feel like if they don't get a victory, then, then it's a sayonara to them, but uh, they'll really have to go for it in, the, in what should be an excellent game. But we finish with Sunday night's final game between um, the Europa League finalists, Marseille, who take on Nice, who are still fighting for that fifth, sixth spot. They're just on the outside looking in, but there's some difficult games for, for both teams. Like I say, Saint-Étienne facing an informed Bordeaux side and, and Ren, we've mentioned already, facing Strasbourg. And Nice, Adam, they got a little bit of a poor result really last weekend by their standards, um, at least by getting that that draw against uh, Strasbourg but at the same time they've been better in recent months although a couple of draws have sneaked away from them it's allowed them to sort of slip and give others a real chance but at the same time with the Marseille side clearly going to be tired after a long Thursday evening in Australia and uh, Australia in Austria <laughs> apologies um, and getting back and then training and then possibly even resting a few players given that game and the, the travel they've had to do um, this should be seen, even though it's at the Velodrome, as a, as a real chance for Nice to pick up a, a valuable three points in their fight for, for European football. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Marseille will definitely be flagging after extra time and, you know, intense, I think an intense game with, uh, with Salzburg. I think um, Marseille have played more games than any other team in the rest of the top five leagues this season, given with their Europa League run and two cups in France and qualifying rounds and for the Europa League. And they've played more competitive games than their team, which, you know, it has looked like it started to catch up with a few players and, and naturally that's the case. And especially with such a short gap between games, Nice, you know, an improving team, they've been improving since Christmas. Usain Fars sort of finally worked out how to get over those very difficult, very difficult to go over absentees, you know, the, the sales and the sum of the players that left, players that moved on. So they're, they're, they're probably favourites to finish in the top six along with San Etienne. Um, so this is a tough game. This is a great game last year as well, towards the end of the year. Um, uh, maybe even second to last game it was last year after Nice beat PSG. It was it was a great game. I remember Patrice Everest got a diving header. That's how long long ago it was. Um, but um, yeah, they'll definitely be fancying themselves here. And 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 with with the, their sort of a, a difficult looking running, they kind of need to get points from from this game. Okay, they've got Caen at home, but they've got to go to Marseille as we talked about now, and, and they've got to go to Lyon as well. Two very difficult games for Nice. To, to to finish in, in, in that top six. And although they, they're, they're in form and they, they do seem like favourites, you know, there are a lot of teams who are sort of just behind who will happily, hopefully, given all that race has gone in a bit, sort of been undulating a little bit this season, would pick up any, any, any you know, any failures. So um, a big game and, and arguably, you know, uh, a game they, they kind of need to win if you think they might not get anything from that Leon game in the last game of the season. So, It'd be really interesting to see, just as a quick aside to this game, is where Nice go next season because they struggled to get over those the turnover in squad last year, and it looks like a similar thing might happen here. You imagine Seri will leave, Balotelli will leave, um, you know, they might get a bit of Alan and Sam Maximin, and he might leave. 
um, it, it could be a, a very difficult summer for them again. So if they get into Europa League, are they going to prioritise that? Is something that they want or do they want to redouble their efforts in Ligue 1? Um, are they going to try and hold on to some of those players? Are they Have they already identified replacements? Is Lucien Favre staying? Is Lucien Favre up for rebuilding his team again? So I think there's still a lot of questions at Nice and, and uh, we probably won't sort of figure out where this club are going until sort of the end of the summer transfer window. So a lot of questions in the remainders, the remaining three games and uh, over the summer too. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And it's an interesting game for, for Marseille for the reasons we've highlighted earlier, such as they can still really fight for that third place and absolutely guarantee Champions League group stage football, which would be massive. But at the same time, if they do finish fourth and they do end up winning the Europa League final, then it's a, a nice boost for them there as well. But with games to come as well against Gangomp and, and Amiens will actually happen after the Europa League final. So um, at least they can save that one in the back pocket if uh, results help elsewhere, at least if uh, Monaco continue on their recent form. But neither of those games look particularly easy. And this one at the weekend, Sam, um, maybe comes a little bit soon for a lot of them. I mean, even though it's the Sunday night fixture, the Ligue 1 have tried to do as much as they can to help Marseille out here, really. And they have done all season, really, with them mostly have playing Sunday evening games. But at the same time, they'll probably arrive back in France partied up, having come back on Friday night, uh, fr- sometime Friday morning, and no one will blame them in any sense of the world. But at the same time, to prepare for a game in, in a day and a half, you might say it's going to be a, a tall order even for for some of the players that will obviously be put into the side, really. I mean, some players have to play that play to th- in this game tonight, but uh, it's going to be a tough one. But at the same time, an important one, because if they can keep up the pressure on other teams as they are, like Monaco slipping at least, and and Leon having a difficult game against someone else who's desperate for points. It, it's an opportunity for them at the same time. Yeah, I mean, once we get to the end of the season, you'll be able to sort of look back uh, maybe with hindsight and say, well, they really should have pushed harder to win that Nice game, or or perhaps maybe they should have rested players ahead of that Atletico Madrid final. We we don't know. So all you can really do is say they need to. They have four games left in this season, three in the league and the one final. And they need to try and win all of them. They need to try and win this game. They need to throw everything at it because they can't rely on winning the Europa League final to get to the Champions League. And you know, as we discussed at sort of the top of the pod, them getting into the Champions League at this stage would be massive, be huge. I mean, getting into the Europa League last season was a big celebration for Marseille because that was a big step forward for them. Getting into the Champions League this season would be a huge step forward again. Uh, and there are two routes open to them. But, you know, because of that slip-up last week, they are still fourth. Even if they win all their games remaining, there's no guarantees that they'll overhaul Monaco or Lyon. Monaco have got very winnable games. Lyon, slightly less so, but still, it's very, very difficult for Marseille. And as you, as you mentioned, a lot of their key players have played 120 minutes tonight. Payet and Tovan played every minute. Gustavo as well. Rami. I mean, there are players who, who got a little bit of rest. Guys like Zampo and Gisa and Lopez played half a game each. Uh, and G didn't play that much. Kamara didn't play. There's some rotation that could be done, but it's going to be a, a tough game, and there's going to be a lot of tired Marseille players out there. Whether the sort of the, the camaraderie, something that we've seen from Marseille, the kind of spirit that we've seen from them all season, can get them over the line against the Nice team who aren't playing for much, um, sort of remains to be seen. But it's going to be a very tricky game for them. Yeah, absolutely. It's never. It's a- a difficult one for both teams really but it's uh, especially for Marseille with that trip and everything else you make it add into the mix it's uh, definitely going to be a tough one but let's get predictions on this one I'll start with you Sam what do you think 
Uh, I'm going to bank Marseille to win this 2-1. Adam? Um, I think goals, 2-all. Hmm. I just feel there's maybe a little bit too much to ask for Marseille on this one. I mean, no one will blame them for, for partying a little bit too hard this evening with the with the result they get and getting back at the early hours and, and having to try and replace as much as they can, at least anyway, um, in order to play this game. It's going to be a, a tough ask. So I, I'm going to go 2-1 to Nice, it feels like it may be too much of a mountain to climb. Uh, just before we go, I just thought I would leave the note of uh, another funny story, really, from from the world of French football that's uh, broken this evening from Le Parisien um, about the UNF, UNFP results uh, that rumours, at least, of a, a reward that might happen for a referee of the season in Liga. The report at the moment is saying that the referees are trying to uh, or have voted for Tony Chaperon to be awarded the uh, prestigious award for, uh, at the end of the season for his services for French football. But obviously he was also the referee who kicked Diego Carlos earlier this season and is currently suspended and is planning to retire at the end of the season. That's the reason that the referees have tried to send him off in a nicer way. There's also a rumour that they're trying, the room, the refs are, are sort of trying to quote unquote unite behind uh, Mr. Chaperon. But at the same time, it, it's not the uh, brightest idea maybe to highlight it in a, a prestige, well, as seen as prestigious event as that, that, as that. but uh, we'll wait to find another day. At least on the GFFN awards, we might not give the award to him. Uh, I don't think we'll give it to any referees this year, but we will have that to look forward to at the end of the season. That's all that we have time for tonight. Uh, my thanks to Adam, Sam, and all of you listening at home. Uh, do join us for the main show again on Monday. But for now, enjoy your weekend of football.